Noise department. You know, with wine, you pay 50, 60 bucks to maybe taste cassis and, and oak notes and vanilla and, and, and uh, dark currant. And this says chocolate coffee vanilla on it and it tastes like chocolate coffee and vanilla and I paid 13 instead of 50 and my brain's like here is where it's at and it was just like I I think I stopped drinking wine within three months of that and made the full switch this is thirst trap a beverage industry podcast and I'm your host Tracy Bradley today in studio I have Mike Kamer and he is with Project Real Nevada and then um, today we're also going to be discussing his passion project, Bourgeois and Crass. I'm going to let him elaborate on what all of these things mean because he can definitely better explain it than I can. <laughs> Hi, Tracy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Yeah, we're glad to have you here. Glad to be here. So tell me first about Project Real. Sure. So uh, Project Real is a nonprofit. We operate exclusively here in Nevada, but we do work statewide, and we work with young people from kinder through uh, college and beyond, uh, empowering them with mentorship-based education. Um, A lot of that is rooted in the law. We do courthouse field trips, mock trials, but it's really more about just preparing them to live the independent lives that they want to live when they become adults. So we've been doing that in Nevada since uh, 2004, and uh, I've been with the organization since 2016. That's wonderful. That, I think that we can definitely use more organizations like that. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, we, I definitely could have used an organization <laughs> like that. There, there's a reason I've stayed with the organization <laughs> as well. Like I'm very mission aligned. That's great. Yeah. It's awesome. I love it. And then, so how does uh, Bourgeois and Crass tie into all of this? Sure. So uh, <laughs> Bourgeois and Crass is more uh, my pathway into the or my my current path in the craft beer community of southern nevada a lot of people that are fans of mixed fermentation sours will reach out and request beer and since i can't sell it i just give it away for free uh but i've been brewing since about 2013 and i've been sour brewing uh nearly just as long um and for most of that it's been intentional uh <laughs> uh but uh building up what I hope to one day be a, you know, brewing a, a true business that where I can sell it, you know, uh, I've made a lot of connections in the community. I've seen the power of community um, and I've become embedded in it going all the way back to first, whether it was my friends teaching me how to brew to, you know, coming to town and really developing a social circle when uh, Rose from Silver Stamp was running Atomic mm-hmm. and had the second Saturday bottle shares. Yeah. So that was really when I had just been in town. I think she had been doing it for maybe a month. And I really found my way into the community and the community found its way to me through there. That's great. Yeah. No, I love Rose. Yeah. Rose and I go way back. And I actually was one of her, I used to be one of her featured pourers at Sour Saturday when she used to have the, the, the out on the patio with all of us with our jockey boxes. And we'd have like a special sour that we would pour and it was like kind of like her own sour beer festival of sorts i'm very familiar with it she gets regular texts from me asking her to bring it back whether or not it's at its own i would if she would still have me i would i would still pour for her yeah and now that i don't i'm not tied to any brand specifically i could just step in and pour for whatever brewery needed me isn't so, that a joy yeah, that's a joy because uh, i don't have to say oh well i can only pour these 
Well, speaking on uh, community and pouring, uh, I'll be uh, assisting the uh, Nevada Craft Brewers Association this coming Saturday okay. for the uh, Festivus Beer Festival. So I volunteered to help out with that. And where is that? Uh, that is in Summerlin, um, downtown Summerlin. Uh, and I know dogs are welcome and it's outdoors at okay. the same location as last year, but don't ask me for a specific name. I just know where I'm driving. Okay. <laughs> and it's just, so everybody's going to have their winter offerings or I, it's a nice mix. I know, uh, shoe spoon, if they come back, they tend to bring their Saison, which to me, I feel like Saison's a spring beer, but mm -hmm. I won't complain if I can drink it. That's a no. fantastic creation that yes. they've got. Brady and the team at astronomy usually keep it winter focused. Uh, I don't know what uh, Nate and Griff might bring from Mojave, but I think last year it was punk lemonade and then something a little more cold season-y. So, you know, everyone's going to have something great. There. I love Mojave. Yeah. Well, I love astronomy too. I, I, I don't discriminate here. Right, right. But <laughs> I mean, so my daughter, Taryn, found, she discovered Mojave. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And she's like, Mom, there's, there's people making cider here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? And that was before I was working for a brand that was distributed through Nevada Beverage. Right. Who also distributes Mojave. Okay. So then I ended up just, it was like all just sort of intertwines together. Yeah. But yeah, no, I've never met them at Mojave, but I would really like to. Uh, great, great people. Absolute sweethearts. They, speaking of ciders, they, uh, th we just wrapped up at Project Real, our hope and hospitality campaign. So it's our third year of it. Each October, we ask breweries and restaurants to pick one item, and then every time it sells, pledge $1 to uh, not just our organization, but specifically the work we do preventing relationship violence by going into high schools. Uh, we, we, we do a bunch of great stuff I can get into later, but basically then they get a teen law guide that we print and we give it to them for free. So to fund that work specifically uh, during Domestic Violence Awareness Month, uh, we try and treat it more as domestic violence prevention month and these businesses come together. So Nate and Griff picked their new version of my boy blue, uh, which was another blueberry cider, uh, this year. And every time it sold during October, uh, they pledged a dollar to project real. I love that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Nate and Griff, yeah, yeah. if you're listening, <laughs> please contact me. <laughs> we can, we, I can work, I can work on that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. What made you decide to help young adults and kids? It goes back to, I was working in Paso Robles, thanks to Adam Carmers asking if I wanted to be a nightclub promoting philosophizer when I was in college at UNLV and doing promo for Ice Meta Club. Uh, he convinced me, you're good at wine, go do that. I'm driving home uh, from Justin Vineyards, where I was at the time. Uh, and. Uh, I'm listening to This American Life. Ira Glass is interviewing this guy, Jeffrey Canada, who's basically saying, why are we trying to, you know, well, well, yeah, it's great to have food banks and all, but what can we do to prevent the need for them in the first place? And I just heard this pathway of using philosophy to actually solve immediate problems rather than just thinking about thinking. And it, while there's all sorts of great causes in the world, uh, children and young families, it seems like if you can get to kids early enough on, and set them up for success later in life. Like that's really how we make the world a better place. Um, not just in a feel good way, but in like a true uh, paradigm shift of what it means to live in a great world. And so that 
as fun as Paso was, uh, I needed something else and found my way to a master's in public administration and nonprofit management. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I could have used an organization like that so I could figure myself out when I was a punk rock kid in Las Vegas, not knowing what the heck I was going to do with my life. Yeah, ours ours is really unique. I uh, And honestly, when I first heard about the job, I like was not excited, but something about it said, give it a chance. And yeah. uh, it, it's, you know, telling kids what to do, which is what it sounded like. Here's some laws, follow them. I, I, I was the same kind of kid. And I was like, there's no way this can work. But now that I see what well, we're not giving them a list of things to do and things to follow, but these are your choices. This is how you can make these choices for yourself. And here's all the things people forgot to tell you about. They respect that. They appreciate that. And it, it, we've got an 80% or higher among each class we serve of positive impact rate. And when we survey these kids, I give them smart ass responses. Like I absolutely hated this. And not only should you not do it for other, like you should just quit your day job. Funny responses to tempt the smart ass kids in the room to pick them across the board. Even the kids that say I somewhat to significantly get in trouble at home or school. And this, um, they'll say this really made me want to change the way I behave or make decisions. So we're incredibly effective. That's so great. Thanks. That's really great. Yeah. And then. Um, you brought us some beers to try today, I see. I did. Uh, yeah, this is uh, when I'm not working on that. I'm working on when I'm not at Project Real, I'm pretty much brewing. Okay. Uh, and or you know, brewing related chores. So, uh, but we've already got one open right now. Uh, Salacious goes back to kind of my first homebrew. It, what got me into homebrew. Okay. Um, I mentioned I worked at Justin. Yes. Uh, I picked up a bunch of like hoity-toity wine habits. And what I was interested in when I first started brewing is how can we take some of those like uh, <laughs> bourgeois uh, concepts from winemaking and apply them in the beer world. So the beer I was hoping to create was something like White Oak. You know, only 12 bucks a bottle for a 750 back then. Uh, but I was on food stamps and getting my master's degree. Uh, I couldn't afford to drink it all the time. My friends were like, let's try and come up with something. So we found a basic blonde, bumped up the ABV to make it an imperial. And I was like, all right, we could oak age it, but that sounds, Let, let's throw the chips in at fermentation. We'll do like a barrel fermented blonde. And they're like, Mike, you're crazy. Mike, you're crazy. And I hear this a lot when I'm, we, I have a fruity pebble sours. I'm mixed fermentation sour that I make. And everyone's like, Mike, you're crazy. But I'm, so I'm used to hearing Mike, you're crazy a lot. So we throw the chips in and they taste it and I'll, I'll send them the episode. They can call me out if it's bullshit, but it's not. Um, and they're like, holy shit, this is fantastic. And no one was expecting it because it's Mike, you're crazy. So this is the, after I stabilized and kind of punched up the recipe, this is uh, where it landed. Okay. And uh, yeah, so it's an oak aged, or sorry, oak fermented uh, imperial blonde. Okay. Cheers. And it's, um, what's the ABV on this? This one came out a little low. 10.7. Oh, it's just a 10.7. <laughs> I was shooting for 12. So, okay, that's delicious. Yeah, like, wow. I get a lot of um, something akin to honey. Um, yeah. And you can also pick up some of those coconut notes. And that comes from uh, certain things in the uh, related to vanilla that's in the oak. Don't ask me for the specifics. There's somebody at uh, Firestone's Barrel Works 
who does a great presentation. I know because Rose hosted them when she was at Atomic and I heard all sorts of great fancy science words. I'm a great brewer as a hack, but I'm not a scientist. And we'll get into some of my sours. Um, if you want to talk science, somebody who knows what they're doing. You not, went to UC Davis, you said? I took one UC Davis winemaking course. Oh, to, okay. To be, yeah, no, no, no. I was like, yes, I'm you are. You went, you're a scientist. <laughs> Dan Pixley for Sour Brewing is who you want to talk to for science. I know mechanics. And so like, you, you know, Urban Farmhouse is uh, is trademarked. But so I refer to myself as like a metropolitan farmhouse brewer. Okay. Uh, I try not to use any chemical agents. The closest thing, I'll use a pH stabilizer for my water. But other than that, uh, there's no sulfites, nothing. It's it's I grain, it. it's hops, it's, yeah. Uh, and so that kind of spirit is part of the, you know, all right, <laughs> what can we do that's classy? Let's, uh, let's ferment it on um, oak chips and, or oak fermented. And moving forward, it's only barrel fermented. Uh-huh. I, I've actually brought this one in because... Uh, I just brewed the most recent version. It's going into a 10-gallon barrel. As soon as I pull that out, I'm going to fill it with, uh, over the course of two weeks, two bottles of La Venture Rosé and Ooh. condition that, and then I'll throw a sour beer in there. Very nice. So this is kind of, yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, I'm a hack. <laughs> I know the mechanical process. Uh, Dan's a science guy. And I like to make that clear because I think it's a lot important for people to know, you know, not just the beer, but the story behind it and mm-hmm. the person behind it. You know, people love Juxta and or or if you look at Kyle and uh, and Matt's sense of humor and online engagements, like that's part of the story. That's part. They m- might not want to admit that's what they're selling, but that it's a little bit of what goes into their the, their fantastic product. It's right. the brand, too. It's yeah. the people behind it. So, yeah. Well, that's amazing. Thanks. Do you want to try something else? Um, yeah. Right. If that if that if that's what I have in store for me today, then yes, bring it on. Let's, uh, I don't want to go too weird just yet. Let's try. So this okay, is. If you know me, there's no such thing as too weird. <laughs> Stand by. I'm a weirdo. So this is a mixed fermentation, uh, Flanders, um, with cherries and vanilla. It was finished with cherries and vanilla. Okay. Yeah. And what's the ABV on this one? So this one, this guy is 9.89. Okay. It went about 2% higher than I was planning originally. So we're going, we're going with the, with all low ABVs today. Yeah. For, you know, <laughs> for bourgeois and crass, yeah, crass, yeah, it's pretty low. That is lovely. Thank you. It's got a great finish. It, truly, I think a bouquet, a bouquet of the, the way the cherry and the vanilla play together. Like if, if I didn't tell you it was in there, it'd be really hard. Maybe you'd get like a, I like a vanilla ice cream with one of those cherry hard shell tops to it, but trying to pick out the individual flavors would be difficult, which is in this case, I think fun and enjoyable. Trying to place the flavor, um, something to compare it to. Um, the only thing I can think of are like, um, like seasonal chocolates from a world market. Yeah. You know, when you just like go crazy, you know, you're looking for stocking stuffers or whatever. Mm -hmm. There was a sour cherry, uh, chocolate covered sour cherry. That, you know what? That makes sense and uh, speaks to <laughs> something I'll say, which is women are better uh, t- tasters and just th- they make for better um, Cicerone candidates than men. It, there's science to it. But anyway, there is also cocoa nibs in this. 
So good catch. I am a level two Cicerone, but <laughs> I am not go. a scientist. Ah, yeah. I wish I was. I am in my own mind. I play one on TV. Awesome. All right, let's let's try weird. Okay. Does that say LSD on it? It it looks like it does, <laughs> and that's part. Of, so that is part of the fun. This is Lucid Sentient Dimensions, and this is one of the reasons a lot of people actually haven't uh, had a release from me in the last several months. I spent about a year trying to brew um, bottle logic like stasis stouts. Full but, disclosure, it does say LSD on the bottle. <laughs> so guys, if I start tripping balls, I'm really sorry. It does. It does say so it's intentional but contains no lsd okay. um it's all it is part of the fun part of the brand but so this is uh loose sentient dimensions is a soured stout that started off not supposed to be sour but brewing in the small area that i do i've just come to accept like there's there's a reason brewery had brewery and then tarot right and it wasn't just equipment cross-contaminating like you just can't successfully do that much sour next to that many clean clean beers without cross-contamination yes so if i want to do stouts uh they're gonna have to be sour and this is basically a soured um bottle logic stasis project clone it's only 8.4 percent, but some of the other uh experiments got up to like 12 to 14 so Cheers. wow i i get lemon juice mm -hmm. and tootsie roll and that sounds mm -hmm. disgusting but i could i don't want to drink a full 12 ounce of this on my own but if i could split it with four people and we have it as like an aperitif i'd be really happy now this is you get the lemon right right up front mm -hmm. when you know when you first swallow it but you there like the chocolate definitely comes through and when we do describe it as a lemon tootsie roll it it's not gross. It's actually really, really well done and very tasty. Thank you. You're welcome. And that's low ABV for a stout. Yeah. And for a Bougeon craft beer. Um, all, so all of these, uh, other than the salacious so far, the, I guess the other two we've opened, uh, have been mixed fermentation. Okay. And uh, I like to get in on that. And um, I think uh, we're getting better at educating people on the difference, but a lot of the sours you'll have in town rightfully so are because again infection issues and just all sorts of concerns and the length of time for turnover they're fast sours either they've been done in a kettle and then anything that was sour gets boiled out so when they it hits a certain acidity level and then it stops or uh they'll um they'll use specific yeast that are designed to kind of die out at a certain ph and those are more recent creations that have really only been commercially available i want to say since like 2019 2020 so a lot of those, um, the sours you see in town have those specific strains. Okay. This takes anywhere from six months to 18 months to become sour, to uh, develop its character. And you can taste the difference, including, I, I, you'd have to ask somebody who's a you know qualified taster, Cicerone, but uh, I, I think it adds to the body as well. Uh, even when they're incredibly acidic, there seems to be more heft to the uh, mouth experience that you're having, to the palate experience. So uh, for our listeners that don't know much about sour beers, sour beers take time, right? Yeah. Um, you, they don't, you can't just say, I think I'll make a sour today and it goes on tap tomorrow. It doesn't work that way, guys. 
Would you so, like to elaborate? Well, so, uh, okay, here's a good example. Uh, Matt Brady Astronomy, they have a, a tack ships on fire. Uh, I, they use one of the two strains that can sour in two weeks without worry, you having to worry about infecting the rest of the brewery. Um, I forget which one in particular they use. But so it is possible. But it's not going to taste like but not cat- tomorrow. It, not tomorrow. For, but I mean, right. you know, even even a Kavik beer uh, is going to take uh, two weeks, right? right? So, but you can get in about the same turnaround time one of these fast sours. Uh, speaking of Mojave, they did a Mario versus Luigi test using those two very Ooh. fast uh, different yeast strains that sour. But if you want something like Cascade, like uh, Degard. Uh, or um, I'm trying to think who said another one. Oh, Rare Barrel. Those, those mixed fermentation sours, those take an extensive amount of time to make. So Okay. And that's what, that's what we're, for the most part, having today. And then also, for my listeners, if you've never tried a sour beer because you're afraid, don't be afraid. Be adventurous and just try one. I, I, would, su- I, I, I would suggest going over to Silver Stamp. So, okay, my very first sour that I ever had Let's see, I think it was, it might have been the first vacation that I took after I started working at Johnson Brothers and we sold Left Coast out of San Clemente. They had a sour on tap, but it was like right, they had a spigot right out of their walk-in cooler. Oh yeah. It was that fresh. That's amazing. That we, that we tried and that, that's what did it for me. That was my entry level sour. I, I'm gonna have to go on untapped after this and just see what it was. I don't. No, yeah, I don't curious. know. I don't know what it was called, but we had a great time. They hosted me and my family and took us on a tour. And that's when they had a very small operation in some strip mall. We had to. That's yeah, it was amazing. Um. So okay. So next up that I've got, uh, this is my favorite thing I make. This one's gotten a little more oxygen than I'd like, but it's uh, two years old now. So this is OPV. Uh, oak prickly pear vanilla so do a sour uh sour beer in an oak barrel into that one barrel i'll throw throw the fruit in directly it always gets blended up and then dumped out after but uh so i'll throw in a variety of red and green prickly pear and then i'll finish it with vanilla for about two or three years so you had me at prickly pear (laughs) yeah cheers cheers yeah i think it's a little drier than it used to be when it's fresh um got a lot more uh watermelon jolly rancher to it you can still kind of get that on the finish mm-hmm. i believe um but uh just kind of the balance and the massive bouquet that's going on there's a little metallic thing that's happening at the end that doesn't happen when it's fresh but again i uh i've only got so much storage space and exactly. i can only give so many out uh and it but, is uh, vegas so you have to be careful of where you store it oh yeah but yeah so Absolutely. uh opv is like my favorite uh I do it every year. It's kind this of the only delightful. thing that I thank you. It's the only thing I make sure to do annually. This makes me happy. So. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I can swing by later with, uh, in a couple of weeks with uh, this year's batch, which will also include a uh, red tuna and green tuna edition. So oh. I've got a red versus green going, uh, okay. same base beer, but I split the colors intentionally just to see what happens because i honestly don't know so a grinch versus santa claus yeah type yeah thing it won't be ready by then but uh okay. it, yeah maybe maybe it's a start the new year off with yeah still fighting something new year, like that yeah. new year's fight but yeah every year this is hands down my favorite Ooh. all right 
You got two left. Well, before we go to the big one. So I was saying earlier about fast souring. Mm-hmm. Everything you've had has lactobacillus, Britannomyces, pediococcus in it, and then uh, Saccharomyces. So uh, the brewer's yeast that everybody uses are, you know, certain versions of that. And then the different souring agents that take a lot of time. This is just lactobacillus and brewer's yeast. Uh, the question for myself was, and the reason it's, it's not labeled like everything else, and I know it's not great for, for radio, but um, these weren't designed to be good. This is part of an experiment where I'm trying to create a very simple, quick turnover beer that's still not kettle souring or using those, um, those fast souring methods. Okay. Uh, I want to create something light that I can add tea to so that when I open, I can have a whole series of just different teas rotating throughout the week, uh, similar to something like a, 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 a tea inspired play of how you can go in and try different syrups for, uh, at, back in the day at the brewery for their Berliner Weiss type of experience. Okay. And so this is one of those that actually came out pretty well. I'm actually a huge tea fan. My Amazon shopping cart is insane. I look like, no offense to anyone, but I look like an 80-year-old cat lady who's still got great taste, like a, a great palate. Like there's just like 40 different, teas. yeah, there's like chocolate raspberry tea, strawberry shortcake tea. And I'm like, one day when I figure out the, what the base recipe is and what my production method's going to be, I'll buy them all. It will go crazy. But, right. So this was um, Boylan's Lemon Ginger. I don't think the base beer is very good, but I think that tea in particular, uh-huh. which it's a probiotic tea. And I, it's if it's getting hot, it's all bullshit, right? They're gonna die. But uh, <laughs> so uh, that aside, I think it tastes amazing. I think the tea did a lot of work. I'm not gonna take too much credit for this one, but uh, enjoy. Cheers. All right, yeah. cheers. It's so smooth. <laughs> Isn't that great though? It's so great. I, I really think the tea is covering up a bad beer, and I, so and I'm very happy to kind of like own my mistakes. Um, if you follow the bourgeois and grass stuff online. Again, because we've got a great community, there are people who will consistently make references uh, to that at least the beer, whatever beer they haven't enjoyed that I've released recently doesn't contain uh, cream cheese. <laughs> that goes back to uh, this. It was one of the last sour Saturdays that Rose ran. Uh, something Oak, I forget, but they have the dream with the J beers that they do with beers on still early Oak. Uh, and they used to do some that had cream cheese in it, but they cold store everything. And I, I bottle condition at room temperature right. and it was the worst thing I'd ever done. Cause again, Mike, it's crazy. It's uh. a pretty consistent theme. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I'll own when something's bad and I think it's great, but this, this just, the tea did a fantastic job that of is covering everything up. Uh, very lemon limey little hints of ginger notes, not super sour. It's very smooth. And so uh, even even with this design to be not great beer, I try and have fun with it. Bourgeois and Grass is, um, the vision for it is, you know, a small room the size of a large apartment, uh, maybe 10 chairs in there. Uh, you either buy it by the bottle or you have one of the tea beers. Uh, we mostly do stuff by appointment. Mm-hmm. And there's only about 50 to 100 bottles of everything we make available. Okay. And so that kind of like, it's not meant to create a false uh, scarcity. It is meant to be something where you feel like you're taking part in a story and like you've got a role in this brewery. You've got one of 100 bottles. 
And it's not that we want people chasing whales, right? It's that it's part of this special moment. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that, you know, Chris Jacobs and the Beer Zombies team inspired watching how fast 450 and RAR cans would fly out the door when they came to town. And, you know, now they've stabilized. They've got a steady supply. Everything's great. But there is something to where you can lean into a little bit of rarity, a little bit of storytelling and and a lot of bit a lot of community. Um, and I think being in the nonprofit sector is only going to make me a great brewery owner one day. Uh, I'm incredibly grateful for that experience and, and how that the two honestly feed in with each other. My hope, not to guilt trip anyone, is that one day uh, one of these brewers will be like, Mike, everyone's asking me what's happening with Bourgeois and Crest. What do you need? We'll do a beer with you. Well, I think that all that, the that should happen. All the proceeds will go to Project Real. Done. Let's do it. So um, I'd well, like to do that. How do we make this happen, guys? So here's the problem is it goes back to what I was saying with the stouts, right? Everyone's worried about infection, rightfully so. Um, but I think if we do small batch stuff, just like I'm saying, you know, oh, there's only 100 bottles. We're charging 20 bucks a bottle mm-hmm. after you pay the taxes and, you know, two bucks for each bottle to the brewery. Everything else goes to Project Real. Maybe we can make that happen. But even then, uh, infection controls are like a big deal. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Mind if I crack this last one for you? Yeah, let me just. Yeah, yeah. Let me just knock this one back real quick. <laughs> that was the lowest one, by the way, at five and a half. So, okay, this last one, I was so excited when I found, um, you can get it dirt cheap if you drive out to California, but I've been busy running Project Real. Uh, I got nine pounds of passion fruit for about 70 bucks on Etsy last okay. December. You can get passion fruit on Etsy? Oh, yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Right now, right now, there's a, you can still get a box of uh, six pounds for 80 bucks. Oh. A little little too rich for me you this year. everything on Etsy. I have a real self-serving Christmas plan for my stepmother, which is to buy her a uh, three-foot-tall yuzu tree. So I have Yuzu for brewing next year or okay. two or three years. But yeah, no, it's, it's available on Etsy. I, I think you, know? you should do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Howard would be like, hey, can we get a couple, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, this one, uh, this was nine, nine pounds. It came out to like six pounds by the time everything was shelled of just passion fruit um, in a sour beer. This uh, aged for about nine months on my uh, sour base. Is this your Fruity Pebbles? No, no, this is just, this is just passion fruit. I didn't bring the Fruity Pebbles because I've only got two <laughs> bottles left and I'm saving it for a potential fr- Project Real fundraiser where okay. people can like donate to attend a hosted bottle share. Again, I can't sell anything. <laughs> right. I can donate to the you Project Real and Project Real yeah. can host a okay. fundraiser. So. All right. Yeah, but cheers to this. Cheers. Yeah. To me. Wow. This is as cascade as I get. And this is really where I want to be on all of my fresh releases, anything six months or less in the bottle, juicy, aggressively sour, yet somehow still balanced. This one came in low, six six 6.1%. Wow, okay. No one should want to drink one of my beers on their own. If they're all eventually in 16-ounce bottles, this is, it goes back to that storytelling. I hope every time somebody pulls out a Bougeron Crest, they feel like they're, whether it's a bottle share or an event, a birthday, an anniversary, it's an event bottle that they're taking part in and that they're sharing with someone that they enjoy, love, care about, whatever. This is great. Okay. So full disclosures, I'm not a big passion fruit fan, Yeah, but 
I'm a fan of this because you don't get like punched in the face with passion fruit. Yeah. It's great. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm actually I'm surprised because um, when I first made it, I actually thought it when I first bottled it, it started tasting more like uh, the syrup in a fruit cup. But uh, yeah, no, it's really, I think, shown up over the ages. It's very well done. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I love what I do. I love how the community's kind of gotten behind me. Um, they get beers by signing up for the magic spreadsheet of Epic Awesomeness. So they'll send us a DM on Facebook or Instagram. And then every couple of months when I've got enough packaged up, uh, they interact with my uh, partners online, Monster Bourgeois and Mr. Crass. And after about 10 messages back and forth and a lot of lot of text because uh, none of us are short-winded right um they get a pickup date and they get a white bag with three bottles and they're told uh don't tip anything we can't take anything in exchange for this we have merch if you want if you buy it it doesn't affect what you get you're already getting this bottle this bottle this bottle if you don't want the merch find out the deal and then they pick it up from a uh, somebody's patio and it's like the most dodgy thing they've ever been through like they're just Okay, beer with my name on it. I'm going to take it and go. I'm not stealing your Amazon package. Right. And everyone who's been through the experience has said, like, you know, the first time it's nerve wracking, but also it's like pretty cool laughter. Again, part of the story. I mean, it sounds shady. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but I'm highly entertained by it yeah. also. So, yeah, uh, it's great. And uh, and know. it's not shady, by the way. <laughs> it just sounds shady. Okay. No, uh, it's really built the community uh, up around us um, and it's incredibly flattering and it, it's brought a lot of attention to Project Real also and I think that that's been incredibly helpful too uh, and I'm just really grateful for that. Well I'm grateful that you're here and I'm grateful for the beers that you brought today because I needed I needed this today <laughs> this is great Thanks. and um, anything that you want to do in the future? Uh, I, I will invite you out all month long at Double uh, Zero Pie. Uh, friend of the pod, Michael Gaddy, has set up a... Uh, Michael Gaddy, who's that? <laughs> he's worked with the team at Lev Group to set up a fundraiser where a portion of sales from every trumer that's sold during December will benefit Project Real. Okay. And uh, Chef Gina from uh, Harlow and Lestrega is doing a one night only pizza pop-up at Double uh, Zero Pie. Okay. And tickets to that event, uh, portions of those sales will also be benefiting Project Real. That's okay. also this December. And do so, we know what the date is or? Not off the top of my head, but I've been an executive director for Project Real for like three months. So I'm a little buried. Okay. I know it's on my calendar. Okay. I know I'm very excited to go. Uh, I know it's a seafood themed uh, pizza. And I know Chef Gene is awesome. I know the staff at Double Zero are awesome. I know Gaddy and Trumer are awesome. So uh, it's easily found on Facebook and uh, it's going to be a fantastic night. Before you go. Yeah. Question I ask everyone. What was your gateway beer? Goes back to the food stamps. I'm on a date. I'm broke. I'm at Commonwealth uh, in Long Beach. <laughs> oh, there's a Commonwealth in Long Beach? Oh, there is. Oh, okay. And I'm still into wine at the time. And we're... and. The date's like, well, I don't want wine, and we're at this beer place anyway. So I'm looking at the menu, and there's this $13 bottle. It's 750 mil, and it's 13%. I'm like, well, that looks like a deal. And it says chocolate and coffee and cocoa. I'm like, okay, that sounds nice. But I'm thinking like wine, you know, where 
it's the the essence of those flavors. Yeah. But it's not those flavors. So they bring out a bottle of Speedway Stout. And it's like 2011 Speedway Stout. And, and that's brewed by? Uh, Speedway. Speedway. Oh, sorry, okay. by Alesmith. Alesmith. Alesmith okay. Speedway Stout. They crack this thing and my brain just clicks. And I go, holy shit, this is amazing. Because, you know, with wine, you pay 50, 60 bucks to maybe taste cassis and, and, and oak notes and vanilla and, <laughs> and, and uh, dark currant. And this says chocolate, coffee, vanilla on it. And it tastes like chocolate, coffee, and vanilla. And I paid 13 instead of 50. And my brain's like, beer is where it's at. And it was just like, I, I think I stopped yeah. drinking wine within three months of that and made the full switch. Like, I'll still, look, you, you crack a bottle of Camus in front of Camus in front of me. Yeah. I'll, I'll knock it back. But like, beer's where my heart is. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. So. If any of our listeners are interested in Project Real. How would they contact you? So uh, if any of your listeners have someone in their life who's ages 16 to 24, they should go to projectrealnv.org forward slash adulting specifically. That's going to take them to digital version of our teen law guide that will radically reshape the lives of any young person they know. Okay. They just want to get in touch, projectrealnv.org. And if they're feeling generous, they can throw a forward slash donate at the end of that. And this is the season for giving. So I think that that is definitely a worthy cause. Anyone that knows someone of that age could definitely use this as a resource. And I'm so happy that I now know about it. Thank you. I, sh I should mention, uh, while we're trying to fund that project, uh, the state bar has issued a uh, $25,000 matching fund challenge so once we raise twenty five thousand dollars for the teen law guide they're mm -hmm. going to award another 25. it's already online for free okay that's going to let us print them okay and hand physical copies to kids which are a lot harder to lose than a website link. right so we're really excited for that everyone's donation goes twice as far this season which is just fantastic though that's yeah. amazing and the fact that the state bar of nevada the you know association that Leases, supervises, helps all the lawyers in, in the state um, is so supportive of this project. I think really speaks to its value that people at that kind of level see the value of it too. So very, very good stuff. Uh, Trace, thank you so much for having me and the, the opportunity to tell everyone about uh, Beer Project aside, uh, Project Real is, uh, thank you so much. You're very welcome. I'm Tracy Bradley, and that's the Thirst Trap Podcast. Produced and edited by Gonzo Greg Spillane for Noise Department. Our theme music is composed and performed by Jose Torres. Please like and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts and share with your friends and associates in the beverage industry or anybody who drinks things. You can always visit and contact me at thirsttrappodcast.com and you can find links to all the socials there as well. Till next time, cheers. Cheers.